everybody, it's your girl Fallon and I am here today with Kristen and a special guest for another episode of You Better Than Me, the podcast. Today Ooh. we have Chillin' in the building with us, Lauren Parrish, licensed hey. professional counselor. Now, your girls feel that therapy and all these things are great and you know we are all pro mental health and you know, summertime people be having fun, you don't necessarily think about working on your mentals but i think that you should and we didn't all had a lot going on and summer be summering and like i always say life be life in so yeah we got we got uh some some credentialed personnel up in the building with us Kristen, how are you girl i'm doing okay you know i just got back from a little vacation vacation situation <laughs> and um i just celebrated my birthday so you know i'm still on cloud nine right now Yes, some girls. I know. Let me just tell you how funny people are, though. So I'm celebrating my birthday. So of course, people calling me. You call me, whatever. My auntie called me, and we talking. And her husband in the background talking about when I'm gonna get an invite to the wedding. Trash. What, what wedding? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. I told her I was like, he'll get an invite when you know when when I decide to. But I'm like, you gotta start asking people that question. Like, it's so insensitive especially for those people who are really consumed with the um idea or you know the act of really wanting to be married like that could take somebody down a whole exactly i feel like that's been a recurring thing with people wanting to put you in a lane that you might not necessarily be in but they feel you should be in and i don't like that I don't know. You know what I said too? I told her because I said, I was like, I said something smart, but I also said, when have I ever told you that I wanted to be married? Because I think that's what people forget. Like everybody does not want to be married and everybody mm. does not want to have children. And that is a right that people have. And I'm not saying I don't, but I never had a conversation with him to be like, oh, I can't wait for my man to come so I can be married. I never I said know. And you for a man to say that, I don't know. That just make it even feel like worse. Like, get in your lane, sir. Like, who are you? Like right. a man that I don't even call uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> like I said, I don't know. I, I'm used to family dynamics dynamic and but so this um, this basically this nigga that's married to your auntie. We ain't gonna call him your uncle. But somebody who is married to your aunt basically went away from the happy birthday narrative. That's all the call should have been like, hey, you're on vacation. I don't even think he told me happy birthday. If Ooh, I'm being honest. I don't think okay. he told me happy birthday. I think what I heard him say was, ask to when I'm going to get an invite to the wedding. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait. so I'm not sure why that was the first the thought of yeah, I don't I don't know how that was a segue, but I feel like that topic, especially for us women who are lifing in our 40s and in right. the 30s, we talked about like the aunties versus the mothers in a previous episode. And I thought that was a really interesting topic because I, like I said, when I was in my auntie era, I felt like I was the most important person in the world. And Kristen put on her psychology degree robe and and took me down a couple notches because she was like nah the auntie is this this and this blah 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 and i kind of want to circle back to that because just that statement that that uh your auntie husband said and just different stuff that i've been dealing with in my personal life too has kind of made me feel like maybe others are are running into this and mm-hmm. I, it's hard like we are one of those seasons where people are getting married some of our friends are having children and then you have the people who are in the season that they're supposed to be in and happy in it. No, no, no shade or nothing. If that mm-hmm. is not the lane you're in right now, but everybody else, if you're happy in whatever lane you're in, then why do people come in telling you how you should be doing or trying to throw that monkey wrench in there? Like why they got to be asking about a wedding when you out here celebrating your birthday? Right. It's just society standards. What you think, Lauren? Because I, I don't know so, why somebody would say that. No? I'm definitely into the, we prescribe to a lot of societal norms and we don't mm-hmm. even recognize it. Because yep. I would say, and Fallon, you tell me if you've had this since you've become a newlywed and people are immediately like, when are y'all having kids? 
Oh God, yes. Like immediately, like, can I, Mm -hmm. you know, pick out the towels that I want? Can we decide on how we gonna load the dishwasher and why is it like this has to be the next to-do list item that we have to have kids right now. And I even asked my husband, I was like, are people all up in your ball sack the way they get my uterus about what we have in yes. And now, you know what? I feel like I've been guilty of doing that because like you said, it's kind of like programming. So mm-hmm. when people get married or I'm always like, okay, when y'all gonna have a baby, but then being on the receiving end, especially knowing that I had my own little fibroid issues and all this. Mm-hmm. And reconstructive cats and all that surgerized and though all those things that could have potentially you know made maybe potentially lessened my chances of being able to have a child like people don't know that unless you just know me Mm -hmm. or listen to the podcast and know about (laughs) the body talk like you wouldn't know that i had fibroids at some point in time so maybe that is a sensitive topic for me just like a lot of other people and it wasn't until I dealt with that that I kind of leaned back off of even asking that question but yes to answer your question long story short everybody been up in this womb and I think it's just like I have to remind even myself and other people like these milestones like let's stop them after we turn our tassel in Mm. high school right because that's probably like for a lot of us the last time that you really didn't have the life now that's not to negate any listener who's out there and they were like no I've been working since I was 12 that wasn't for you but I'm talking (laughs) about like you just had that carefree you going to the pep rally you going to the game you just got to pass what were y'all taking the test the tap whatever and that was it right and so life was designed for you to start kindergarten and graduate high school yeah nothing else is really that mainstream check these boxes and end up with that outcome post high school but we don't talk about those things we don't talk about the college student who gets the scholarship but it's not enough to cover their entire cost of attendance we don't talk about the student who graduates high school and is automatically expected to get a job and start paying bills and then trying mm-hmm. to figure their life out, right? So yep. nothing else after 18, I feel like is on such a linear track and we treat it as like, well, why aren't you married? Well, why don't you have kids? Why haven't you bought a yep. house? Like, it's just so easy. And that's the thing. People think that it's just so easy and that's why I found it very disheartening because of the fact that I don't discuss my relationships or whatever really with with too many people. So you wouldn't know if I just got out of a relationship or if I was just done wrong and I was crying right before you called me to tell me happy birthday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people just don't know what it, what's going on with people because you don't have to tell everyone your business. And while that wasn't my case, you know, people still may not know or people may not, you know, they just won't know. What if I have a, re- a negative relationship with marriage in general? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or what if I'm just like, oh, I just like to live carefree and I don't mind having a partnership, but not something on paper. So I think that's what you at? What if you're just exactly. chilling in your season? Like just because you aren't on a Pinterest board every second doesn't mm. mean that you are not on track with what you're supposed to be doing in your life. Like why you couldn't have just celebrated your birthday? Like why are we automatically throwing age caps on there? Like, oh, well, you're turning a year older. That's implying extra stuff that shouldn't have even been a part of the conversation. It should have just been happy birthday. Like enjoy your moment, like celebrate where you at right now in this season. And we not even worried about no babies or no husbands or no men at this moment. Like that was not the time. I don't know. To me, it feels like they negating stuff. Like when people do that to me, that that whole what's next, what's next, what's next. Like it has kind of brainwashed me into not really taking the time to celebrate the seasons or where I'm at. Absolutely. Because I'm like, okay, well, damn. If this still wasn't enough, then what I'm supposed to do now? What's next? Like it's like always chasing after something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like you don't even recognize that you're in that chase. And I talk about this a lot with my clients, which is, you know, you have to stop and celebrate the successes. You have to stop and celebrate the wins. Otherwise, you'll just keep going. That dissatisfaction is prevalent and you don't even realize it because we've also normalized 
grind culture, right? Yes. What's next? What's the, you know, I got to take this trip. I got to buy this car. And not of necessarily keeping up with the Joneses type situation, because I think now, especially with social media, it's like, we're all the Joneses. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, so we're all trying to maintain this status quo. And then I invite people to really stop and say, but is this really what you want? Or is this what you think you're supposed to be doing? Oof. Yeah. Oof. I think that kind of took my breath away. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that's I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to snatch out edges so early. I, my bad. My bad. <laughs> that's a great way of saying it because again, you know, for some people, I went to school with people um, that just knew before 30 they had this box to check that said i'm gonna be married before this time i need to have a baby and there are some people that don't do life like that i'm one of those people because i feel like every good thing i'm supposed to have will come to me exactly when i'm supposed to have it and i think about people that i just thought for a fact was gonna be my man my man my man and i thought i was gonna have this relationship with and i can't even imagine those same people being in a marriage with at all oh yeah like, I like when people post that, like, could you imagine if you were married to your high school sweetheart, like sweetheart? that person no. that you had a crush on and you mm-hmm. thought was like that person? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Lord. Or like, could you imagine what if you were married to the person that you were with when you were 16? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I would, I would have like a gold bottom grill and probably a face tat with like a football on it or something ignorant if I reverted back to 16-year-old football bapa aspirations Fallon. And no, I absolutely could not imagine myself with Nan. You don't know Nan. You don't know Nan. Than the one I wear right now. And that I kind of like have to go back and, and check myself because I was one of them people that had boxes like the carefree that you talk about, Kristen, I was the complete opposite. Like, you could even look at my little senior book from high school. I had all these goals. Like, I've always been a manifester, even before I knew what it was. So I had written down, I would live in whatever city my husband played football in, and I would do this. I'll write books when I feel like it. Like, my husband... Alan, you had a whole mash game going on. I did. I, I, I genuinely did. And, and like, coming to college that what my, my career was like, okay, well, what a ball is it? That was kind of like in the back of my head and I realized, hey, what a ball is that? And then I had to pivot. And then it was like, all right, well, law school. Now, now what? okay, well, I'm gonna be a lawyer. Then five years from now, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. By the time I'm 26, I'm gonna be married. Like I always was one of those people that had a checkbox or was always, on to the next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And that made me very OCD-ish, like obsessing with like time schedules and trying to puppet master stuff to work when I wanted it to. And Lauren, we are friends in real life. So you didn't see mm-hmm. the other side of this. Like you can attest to how just obsessive I used to be with like wanting to be where I thought I should be. Um, that was like super big to me. And I feel like it wasn't until I relinquished that control that stuff started falling in place. So I had to adopt your mentality later in life, Kristen. Thank the Lord I adopted it. But it's other people like me more than a lot. And I feel like those A-type personalities, I'm, I don't proclaim to have an A-type personality, but a lot of my colleagues or people that went to school with me or like highly achieving Black women, I feel like that that little phenomenon with feeling like you're supposed to be somewhere where you may see something on TV or your granny up putting in your ear, like they're negating where you are with like societal expectations, if that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like I was wondering, but I think you get it right. I think too, it also goes into, especially as high achieving Black women, I think we've all heard that adage of you have to be twice as good to get half as much, right? And yeah. so then I think I would say for me, it was easier for me to pivot my attention into my career aspirations, especially where things weren't going for me when I wasn't. I think it's weird now, like I'm almost 40, but I think when I was like 
I don't know, high school and those lofty dreams of like, oh, I'm going to be married at this age and have kids by this age and have a house by this age. And I'm like, girl, the way these ages are set up, no. But I, I wasn't, my dating life wasn't as robust. So then I did pivot my attention to career in school and volunteerism and all those other things to not necessarily feel the void, but to feel like I had this sense of accomplishment that I was still doing the things while waiting on my Air Jerome Dickey, the good book series that had <laughs> to happen for me. Right. Right. Oof. Child. I feel, I feel like, like it could be so much stress to be yeah. that way because I think about people that were like at my school, presidential scholars that were supposed to, you know, smartest of the smartest in school. They were supposed mm-hmm. to go on and have these amazing careers. And some of them, you know, not all, but some of them are doing nothing or some of them are working, quote, unquote, basic jobs. You know what I'm saying? That had nothing to do with this, you know, prestigious uh, scholarship that you had. And I feel like was it the pressure to live up to this standard, whether you place it upon yourself or your family place it upon you? And right now in this position, are you living the life that you're truly supposed to have? You know what I mean? Because after you excel so much and you check off these lists, like what's next? Because at sure. some point, you're going to plateau, right? I yes. think one thing to answer your question is we talk about a lot what it means to succeed, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about what it means to fail. So then when you don't know failure and you don't know how to process that, how to lean into it, right? So, cause you're gonna fall. Like I, when I was um, at a high school, I would tell my kids all the time, you are going to hit that wall. It's gonna happen. It's just more so what are you gonna do after you hit that wall? But so many of us, when we talk about aspirations, when we talk about the goals, we don't talk about the, well, what if all this work doesn't yield the outcome that I'm seeking? Then what? Ooh, Ooh Lauren, you are opening up Pandora's box. But before yes. we get too deep into it, let's take a pause, pay the church's and- money, and we're going to get back into it. I want to uh, get this little pause. And when we come back, we're going to let you explain a little bit about what you do and we're going to get into this uh failure and recognizing what it is conversation a little bit more yes ma'am are you ready to take your streaming broadcast website or social media visuals up a notch pirate media Productions is here with the perfect solution from dynamics design and professional headshot shoots to family photo ops they've got all you need for stunning content creation Check out pyromediaproductions.com today and add that creative flair. Pyromedia Productions, setting brands ablaze since 2017. So Lauren, before we took our commercial break to pay the church's money, you was dropping bars. (laughs) You said so many things and I'm over here trying to like just write down all these points because you basically psychoanalyzing my my life right now. And it's just a lot that you said that I want to run it back. Uh, so are you living the life you're truly supposed to have was the question that Kristen kind of posed. I believe it was you, Kristen, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then I just came in there, just blah, 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 just karate <laughs> popping. So, <laughs> And that was as a result of pro- of possibly failing and not meeting the expectation that either you or your family or society had on you. Mm-hmm. So tell me what you what just failure. I'm a, we gonna give you a, a cipher moment. Just speak, spit bars, rhyme, do what you do, but speak on failure. You, I think about okay. So I like to use a lot of pop culture analyses and celebrity analyses, and so one thing that's a big debate is about the GOAT, right? And we're talking NBA, so we're talking LeBron, we're talking 
Michael, we're talking Kobe and all these things, right? And respectively so, whatever your arena is, there's a GOAT, right? There's some attorney that you look to, Fallon. There's some educator mm-hmm. out there who is like the Ron Clark Academy just really does it for me, right? And so those things are great, but like when you think about it, Michael Jordan is a phenomenal basketball player, but however many seasons that he played, he wasn't going to the championships every year. He wasn't bringing home a ring every year to Chicago. The man sucked in baseball, right? Does that lessen who he is as far as what he did to his arena because he experienced some failures? No. People will argue you to until the cows come home that he's the GOAT. Yet for us as lay people, if we make a mistake, a misstep, or have a failure, we don't extend ourselves that same grace. Why? Right. Right. Because invariably failure is going to happen. Right. It's not going to be the outcome that you want it to be. And instead of just crumbling, why are we leaning into that and being like, okay, let's go back to the lab. What can I do differently? What resources do I have to change this outcome instead of just automatically adopting like I suck, I failed, I did this and began to just view things in a deficit lens instead of as a learning opportunity. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be edgeless by the time. I'm Lord. sorry. I bought some hicks to keep you secure. So while Lauren is over here snatching our edges, let's take a, a brief pause so that she can better explain to the people who she is, why we got her on here talking, where, where she get all this know-how and what exactly she's doing and how she's helping not only Black women, but just people in general deal with some of the things we've been talking about. Lauren Floor, rolling out carpet for you. Well, thank you. I'm Lauren and with a lot of alphabet soup after my name. So um, I have my PhD in educational leadership, but I'm also a licensed professional counselor. And so recently within the last six months, I did a career pivot and I left the education sector. So I refer to myself as a recovering educator. And now I am a full-time therapist. And so my, 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 love language and my special population that I really want to make sure that I'm serving is our BIPOC community. Also, allyship is very big to me. So a lot of um, work that I'm doing in the LGBT plus community and as well as I'm still a recovering educator, but the young people are still tugging at my heartstrings. So a lot of what my practice addresses is anxiety, stress management, depression, vocational stress, uh, racial trauma, generational trauma, Those are a lot of the reoccurring things that happen. And so with a lot of the clientele that I'm serving now, a big thing is failure. And I'm like, well, are you a failure or did you fail at a task? Because those things are not synonymous. And I think because, you know, when you think about how we are as peers, we know when technology was limited, right? We all yeah. remember when television went off and the American flag came on and then that was it. It wasn't no infomercials, nothing. You had to go to bed. And so now we're being inundated with images and people all the time, right? And I like to remind people, I'm not an influencer, right? But if I'm posting a picture of me, I want to look cute. And so yeah. I think about if I'm taking a selfie and then I'm like, oh, it's something in the background. Oh, I, one of my eyes look lazy. Oh, you know, some my hair was sticking up in the back. Nobody told me. And so I'm going to post the picture that looks the best, right? So you're yeah. seeing the perfect me, the perfect me that I'm presenting. You're not seeing me when I get up in the morning and half of my mm-hmm. bunny is off and the eye crust in the corner of my eye and all that other stuff. You're not seeing that you're seeing my finished product. And so when you think about influencers or celebrities, we're seeing the finished product all the time. Very rare are you really seeing the real behind the scenes, but now we are putting our measure of success to a finished, edited, polished product. A filter. Exactly. (laughs) 
you speak it, you speak in 89, you talk in that, that real life now, you all up in that. And it's not just a young people thing. I feel oh, like no. Absolutely <laughs> not. young people thing. We are uh, 39, 40, 41, 42, knocking on the back doorish. And that idea of perfection is still very prevalent in our everyday, especially as black women, I feel like. Like, I feel like we probably are more hard pressed to be perfect than anybody and i i don't know we like the black christians what show uh go to for blaming everything on slavery, slavery. yes I mean, right but i don't i don't even know are. if that's the, the cause of it well i think we're still right we're fighting through stereotypes and misconceptions we don't want to be angry we don't want to be lazy mm -hmm. we don't want to be ghetto we don't want to be hypersexualized, right so you are armed with this language of people's perception of black women and i always say people's perception is their reality right so if that's already your reality, are you getting to know me, Lauren, and my softness, and my vulnerabilities, and my moments of self-doubt, and my moments of reflection, and my moments of loving, and my moments of sadness? No, you have carved out what you think you know about me as a brown-skinned Black woman in the South with locks, wearing door knockers, wearing a Fenty red lip, because I can, right? So you already have this mm -hmm. perception of me. And sometimes it's exhaustive because you're aware of that knowledge and you're trying to pivot. You're trying to be like, I am approachable. I'm not intimidating. I'm not loud. I'm not all of these negative stereotypes that you have about me. And so it's like we're we're persistently working against dispelling the trope that exists about black women right yeah Oof. and then as you're dispelling it then you can't even walk into who you're supposed to be because what if you really are supposed to be you know some of those things not all of them but you can't be because of you know societal standards basically or what the black woman is supposed to be you get what i'm saying the that's white patriarchy we can yeah. say it. the white patriarchy <laughs> Absolutely. That's why yeah. I'm always like, it's a result of slavery just because we've never had a fair chance. And I know we're going all around the all around the world and yeah, 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 but it'll come together. But it's like we've never had just a, a, a level playing field to just be. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So why do you think that it's so, I guess, pressing? Is it that we're fighting against the patriarchy or are we fighting against each other? Are we fighting against ourselves to have... Everything the quality above me perfect like the perfection <laughs> like i'm over here like okay we talked about imposter syndrome am i being a perfect wife am i being the perfect whatever am i being the perfect this like how can we just be perfectly happy where we're at like what advice would you give someone who is just wanting to be in their season in their moment with no comparisons and and able to just Hey, damn, I am doing a good job, but this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, how does the therapist recommend us to silence all that noise and be happy with our selves? I, well, some of it I borrowed from you, the poet writing. I'm very mm -hmm. big on bibliotherapy and journaling because I'm like, don't run away from that, but let's lean into it. And then my question is, why? Why do you feel the need to be perfect? Who created this perception that you had to be the perfect wife, the perfect friend, the perfect attorney, the perfect godmother? Like, where did we create this mold for ourselves? I remember having a conversation with my mom and also having a conversation with my grandmother. And I, so this is when I first graduated from UNO and I could not find a job. And this is when people were still nice and they would send you rejection letters in the mail. And I was just like, what the hell? Because, you know, I graduated and I had my psychology degree and I thought I was supposed to immediately get my little entry level job with my cubicle, eat my cheese sandwiches. And it didn't happen immediately. And I automatically deemed that as a failure. And my grandmother said, well, I don't know why you did what I wanted you to do. You went down there and got that piece of paper. What's the problem? And I didn't even think about it like that because I immediately thought about what's next instead yeah. of relishing in the fact that I got this diploma, 
graduated in the midst of a natural disaster. Like I wasn't even thinking about that. I immediately pivoted to what's next. So sometimes just asking yourself, how did you even formulate this idea begins to peel back those layers. Mm. Next thing is, where's your affirmation? Mm. Right. I have found it that people are very quick to critique and slow to celebrate. You. Let me make so a note of that. Like, I'm gonna write that down too, because that's real. Give me your top five things of which you would change. Oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I want to save up money. Oh, I want to do this. Okay, tell me three things that you love about yourself. Oh, I'm about to ask somebody that today. I'm about to ask somebody. See, quiet. We were in our very, very quiet. <laughs> and so, how you talk to yourself and that internal dialogue you have with yourself manifests itself on the outside. So you have to affirm yourself. You have to practice loving yourself. Like right now, am I the happiest with my body type? No, I feel like Winnie the Pooh and Grimace have merged together and created your girl. And I have to be like, that's where we are today and you're good. So I literally stand in the mirror and I look at myself and I love on myself and I touch those places on my body that bring me discomfort and love on them and be like, you got this girl. Because I have to affirm myself before I can depend on other people's to affirm me because then I won't believe what they're saying. Mm. Which brings me to the last piece of who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you surrounding who are draining your energy or are you surrounding yeah. yourself with people who are replenishing you? Oh, yeah. No, it's my and that, makes, that makes a difference, right? Who are yeah. you? What we talk about all the time of healthy life, drink water, eat fruit, eat your vegetables, eat some lentils. We talk about all that stuff of putting into your body. Oh, I only do organic. I only do green smoothies. I'm vegan. That's great. What about your friends? What about your family? How are those people pouring into your body? Because that can also be a form of toxicity, just like McDonald's french fries. Right. So you said something that, that kind of, I don't want to just deviate off the topic, but you said something that brought up something for me. So friendships and draining and being around people who are pouring into you. Mm-hmm. How do we navigate, I guess, friendships now when people are in different seasons? Say I'm still in my Annie Mary season, my newlywed mm-hmm. season, but other people are, let's say, in a motherhood journey. I... <laughs> may or may not be able to resonate or might not even want to know some of the intricacies of it. And and that's caused conflict where I've been accused of like not necessarily being open or not being uh, emotionally available for somebody. But it was on something that I didn't even realize that I was not being sensitive or something. It was kind of like, okay, well, ooh, this is freaking me out. I don't want to talk about this. This is scaring me. So mm-hmm. I shut the conversation down, but I find out that that caused even more confusion because that person was all, well, you cut me and hurt me and I'm, I'm, you're not, I don't want you in my motherhood during no more because that statement or that lack of concern for me and my situation just kind of m- rubbed me the wrong way. So how would we even navigate just the friends and in, in the seasons and in, in the interactions when people are going through different stages in their life? I think first just ask. I think sometimes we think we immediately have to take on these new roles or treat people differently because they're in a different season and now you're leading with an assumption that might not even be correct. So how can I show up for you? How can I, case in point, Fallon, you've lost your dad. I don't know what that loss is. My parents are still living. That doesn't diminish my ability to be there for you in the way that you would have me. Right. So same thing when your friends become mothers. Okay, I'm not a mother. Strong auntie game, strong, but I'm not a mom. That doesn't mean that I'm not first concerned about you as the mom, because sometimes I've noticed that we're always about the baby. Well, what about the mama? What about the daddy? So like, are y'all good? Are y'all getting rest? Can I send over 
Mary Mays, can I door dash y'all something? So I think it's just more so what is it that that person is needing, but also to what you have the capacity for. Mm. And if those things aren't the same at the exact same time, that doesn't make you a bad friend. I think there's an opportunity for us to communicate what the needs are in all of the seasons as we change, instead of still thinking that I can treat you like the same friend when we were wearing skorts. Mm. <laughs> Fashion evolves, friendships evolve, right? But the flip to that is if you've addressed that and someone isn't giving you what you need, cut it. Yeah. Right? I'm very big on permission doesn't give you permission. Position doesn't give you permission. And what I mean by that is your position in my life does not give you permission to mistreat me. Mm. Ooh. So whether whether we're talking about friends, family members, whatever, your position in my life does not give you permission to mistreat me. Oof. Wow. Mm. I'll just uh, bite my tongue on that one for a second. Krista, go fill in the silence because I'm over here just uh, yeah. <laughs> literally rocking it, rocking it home and because I'm happy that she said that though, Lauren, because I know just the situation that Fallon is speaking about, it was just like, it's almost like to me when it was told to me like, oh, well, I'm more important than you. So you need to just chill out with what I'm saying. I don't know. It just felt, I don't know. It just felt wrong, you know, mm-hmm. but that is a, um, that's a very good statement about the permission because as adults, we're allowed to have boundaries for ourselves, for our coworkers, as well as our friends. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. the thing. A boundary was crossed because you can't tell me that I'm this way or you can't tell me that I can be a part of your life in this way, but not in this. You get what I'm saying? Like you right. can, but at the same time, I also have a boundary that says you can't talk to me. You can't treat to me, treat me like any way that you want to treat me. Mm-hmm. So. I, that's just my st- and it's hard. I know it's like very much so easier said than done, especially if this is a person that's been in your life, you know, for a long time. Y'all been rocking and rolling for a long time, but life is short. Yeah. And I don't want to expend my energy on someone who isn't giving me reciprocity. Come on, Miss Education Lauren Hill. I need some reciprocity, right? recognizing that things are yeah. changing but we we've been through that i've been the friend who was single when everybody else was coupled i've been the friend when i was married and people were not married i've been the auntie and people are mothers or fathers or uncles or everybody is allowed to be on their journey of self-discovery and figuring out their new normative absolutely still does not give you permission to mistreat me in that process Oof. They need to be on the team. We got to take a hiatus. If that's the season of our friendship, we're yeah. on a hiatus. That It doesn't have to be forever. And Lizzie, mm-hmm. it does have to be forever. And then I wish yeah. you all the best. That's real. That's that's real grown. Very, very grown. Um, because I know that emotions and just heightened sensitivities when you are trying to navigate unfamiliar terrain can cause some static and some beef and we too old to be being cruel and boxing and being messy and all these other things so mm-hmm. I'm glad you did explain it in that manner because that does shed a lot of light on just growth and, and seasons and knowing that there are boundaries that that need to be in place for for all of that regardless of what you're going through but you can't place though you can't put no barbed wire on your boundary like it shouldn't be something that's going to cut and hurt and make somebody else bleed while they trying to figure out how to get to you absolutely i appreciate that lauren i'm here for you girl i won't even charge you for this the free so since we are kind of talking about that and i know we 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 speak about just different seasons a lot on the podcast and we still want to shed light on like the the motherhood and the uh, the aunties and all this so how should we i guess respond when people do approach us like that that man did like 
what a what an invitation like what a baby like how should we what's a good way of i guess responding versus saying fuck you I mean, I'm like, where is the pity in your heart? Because at some part, it's like, when I know, you'll know. Yeah. Or sometimes yeah. Like, you can hear people like, I- I'm good. Or I also you- feel like, um, just not to cut you off, is that You're with this situation, it's to me, it's still like you teach people how to treat you because Absolutely. it's none of your business. So you saying it, you can either be petty or you can just say it in a way that they know it's none of your business. And I find that I have to do this often with older people, i.e. Mm-hmm. my grandma, because they've been so conditioned because it was done to them and it was done to their mothers and it was done to their mothers that they're so in, they're so conditioned, it's ingrained in them to say these things to people, not even realizing how it makes someone feel. And I, one of the things that I have been doing is calling shit out as soon as it happens. Mm. And I just feel like it just because you put everything on the table right at that moment. Because you know, you don't, I'm not giving you a chance to think. Whatever you think in this moment right now, say it and say it with your chest. And I've done that to my grandma several times. Um, I speak, or Fowler knows, but um, one of my little cousins has cousins has HIV. And before mm-hmm. she went public with it, um, my grandma had made a comment and I called my grandma out and I was like, So are you telling me? That if you, if someone in your family that you love had HIV, you would stop loving them. You wouldn't hug them. You wouldn't drink behind them. Is that what you're saying? And she really had to stand there and answer the question. And of course, she didn't know what it was at the moment. But, you know, when my cousin did go public with it, she came back to me and she said, that's why you did me like that that day. But I just believe in if you call it out right then, you know, you teach people how to treat you right then. Cut the bullshit right here. Do you think that's plausible with elders, though? Because I feel like I've been doing a lot of reparenting and trying to re restructure conversations and mind frames with people that are older. Like they like they really were damaged growing up. Like they don't even know the amount of damage or like struggle and strife that was kind of like forced upon them. Like, how do we even talk to them and make them understand because it's a generational gap like for real for real you think we got generational gap between the millennials and the gen x's baby boomers it was baby they spirits i don't know but you were on the phone with me when i was doing it with my grandma remember i know and she what was like time? i don't know what she was i don't know what trauma is we didn't like, know and then we had, i had to keep mm-hmm. breaking it down and you know and i think it's just the ongoing conversation because Sometimes, not everyone, but sometimes we don't allow ourselves to think outside of the box that's been handed to us. You get what I'm saying? So when she was like, well, what is trauma? Okay, well, you probably didn't have a definition for trauma back in the days, but okay, this is what trauma is, and this is what trauma could look like. Does any of that resonate with you? Have you ever experienced that? That's why I kept you know, asking questions, and I don't think I went into the conversation with you after you got off the call, but then the trauma that she told me about, she realized that that was trauma. Yeah, they don't even really know him. I think that's the thing. Like some people just really don't know because again, mm-hmm. like one thing we addressed earlier, earlier, societal norms, right? Yep. This has been your norm for so long. It's your foundation. But here comes yep. me with my another pop culture reference. I look at it like an episode of like House Hunters or Flip This House. It's your foundation, right? That was the upbringing. This is what you know. We can't go back and change that. But we can knock this house down that you built up on this foundation down to the studs and start over. Mm-hmm. We can keep the slab. We can build a new house. And so you, you know, when you know better, you do better. So even though your grandmother sounds like she was kind of set in her ways, it seems like because of the relationship and rapport that you all had, she started to listen to you and mm-hmm. began to think about things in a way that she hadn't done before. And so that's just something that's new because now we're opening up and we're creating space to say, you know what? I don't want to continue to carry this trauma into my next lifetime or into my next generation. So what can I do to address it? And so for those of us who are on the auntie side and you're not necessarily thinking about not passing on generational trauma to the kids, we at least can have those conversations with the elders in our families and in our communities to make you be like, let's talk about this a little further and let's have a teachable moment here. And so I think it's beautiful when you can have those conversations with them and they are receptive and you're learning things about them and you're able to teach them some things to help them learn 
whatever, increase their emotional intelligence, to learn some tolerance, to be like, oh, okay, I know that's what you said then, but we don't use those words anymore today. That's offensive. So I think that's the beauty in it, just having those teachable moments with people. And then sometimes, too, it's not your elders, because some of our peers, some of my high school classmates, I'm looking at the stuff that they post, and I'd be like, oh, Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it is. And I know one saying that my grandma always says, you know, and people say it all the time, but when you know better, you do better. So, you know, now that you know, now that you know how you spoke to me, now that you know that you crossed my boundary, you won't do it again because I've had the conversation with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think that's the same for my mama too. Like trying to to reparent and reteach how to give a compliment or how to receive a compliment. Like I don't know if they grew up just if you were doing what's right, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Nothing was praised or like nothing was nothing. You are so right. So now I guess we are looking for a little (laughs) affirmation. They don't know how to do it because, shoot, Big Mama Neil didn't have time to pat all 10 kids on the shoulder and tell them to drive back in the day. So now when we're dealing with our parents and people who may have grown up, like the people that raised our grandparents, like they really do not know how to accept a compliment, how to give a compliment, how to know that some stuff is worthy of praise. Like that's a big one over around these parts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, again, I go right back to slavery because guess what? You can't tell your son, man, you lifted up a, little, a bunch of hay back there because then he's going to be sold off. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> but I think it's true, like that evolution of survival. So yes. 1852, I couldn't compliment you and how many bales of cotton you, you pulled that day. But yeah. I'm like, this isn't where we are now. And this isn't where we are as a society. So like one thing that we talk about time and time again is people who aren't able to effectively communicate, right? I don't know how you feel. I'm not a mind reader. And, you know, now we're finding out that things are triggers for people and they don't have that language to be Mm -hmm. able to say, when you did X, it made me feel Y. Yeah. All you know is how to shut down or remove yourself or to lash out against somebody because you feel threatened. So now I got to threaten you so we can just all be like Della Reese says, I'm fighting motherfuckers in here. Yeah. That's real. Mm -hmm. Very real. And I think what you just said, Lauren, that's the language that you need for your situation, Fallon. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Because I think sometimes a lot of times people act out of emotion and that's not giving you, you know, giving anyone a pass or anything like that. But when you said in those terms, it's just like, this was triggering for me. And I think you said it, but some maybe maybe they need to hear it again. This was triggering for me. And you never know if that person is like, well, this was triggering for me because of this situation. And then boom, you guys have hashed out whatever issue there may have been. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's real. That is real. A lot of stuff can be solved with the conversation, but a lot of stuff also is looking into yourself and and Mm -hmm. recognizing why you feel a certain way or what caused you to pop off or change your stance on something. And no, communication is key. And that's... Yeah, I mean, you can treat that like your family tree. That why can stretch back so far. Why do you feel like this? Well, how did that make you feel? Well, why did you react like that? Well, why didn't you say that? Like the whys can really help you to begin to start to unpack some things. And then you're able to articulate to someone else, this is how we ended up here. It's just a lot. I think some of the stuff is just a lot of miscommunication and a lot of missed opportunity. But also Mm -hmm. in recognition, vulnerability is very hard and scary for a lot of people. Because now I need to know if I'm bringing my vulnerability to you, how are you going to receive it? Are you going to laugh at me? Are you going to brush it off? Are you going to make fun of me? And so that you create, again, this narrative in your mind about how you're going to be received. And again, perception is reality. And then that can lead you on this very slippery slope of beginning to shut down and not address how you're feeling. 
But Kristen is bringing up a lot of great points in loving yourself. And when you show people how to love, how you like to be loved, you're leading by example. Yeah. So it's telling people that you don't have the bandwidth to deal with something that, that triggers you. Is that appropriate in this climate or or do you think the conversation is is worth having before just immediately saying, no, I don't have the bandwidth for that? I have admitting that you don't have the bandwidth is a boundary. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to go with that? Right. So you if you already know that about yourself, I think that's beautiful of what you have the capacity to deal with. In the same token, you need to be ready to answer yourself like, I can't keep running away from this situation. So it does need to be addressed. But do I need to address it right now at 1042 and I'm due in court in front of the judge at 11? Maybe not. Like, let's circle back to this. But I I don't think it's anything wrong with saying I, I just don't. Like, for instance, one thing I had to implementing my practice is I'm having a bad day. And so before I could just be like, Fallon, girl, let me tell you what happened. And this client didn't show up and this happened. And then I caught a flat tire. First, I'm like, do you have the time and capacity to talk with me because I'm having a bad day? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have to teach myself and I'm, I'm teaching this to my clients, like a no isn't a no to you it's a no to the request. Exactly. But you know what, Lauren, one thing that I've been finding myself doing recently is just getting um, a little bit more honest and more mature within my friendships in regards Mm. to, hey, you know, this is how I felt. Like I said, I just got back from from vacation and there was a situation stemming from my vacation trip, which the vacation was kind of like a surprise. I really didn't know where I was going. And so I was like, well, somebody got to know where I'm going. So I'm like, tell this one person that we have in common where I'm going to go. And then, of course, my family wants to know, because when you say you're going on a surprise and it's not like down the street in the country, you know, you know, people start getting worried, especially when they don't know the mm-hmm. person. I felt like how my friend handled it was like wrong. So I just knew that because I know me, I'm, I'm either going to be quiet or I'm going to do too much. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I got to say something because I just can't be in nobody's face and being, you know, fake. So we basically talked about the situation, but I think we agreed to disagree on how it was Mm -hmm. handled, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, we both came to an understanding that, you know, this is what mature friendship looks like. Speaking about things that make you feel a way and expressing our feelings and you being able to say, you know what, I didn't think about it in that manner. And on that particular day, I didn't have the bandwidth to deal with it, which, you know, going forward, tell me that. You could just say you don't have the bandwidth because going forward, I wouldn't put you in that position to be the person to relay some information to my family that I think is extremely necessary you know what i mean but we still came Mm -hmm. to that understanding and i thought that was just a mature way to handle it because i know other situations like i've spoken multiple times about that wedding that i was kicked out of that Mm -hmm. definitely was not handled in a mature way you know even years later and me saying something to this person like hey how are you and this person still looking at me like i'm glass like i'm not cute and i was but you know it just wasn't Mm -hmm. handled in the correct manner so yeah that emotional intelligence girl it escapes a lot of people and when you when you don't have that capacity it's hard right that's why i'm like you can always give yourself permission to remove yourself from those situations but i'm glad that you and that friend were at least able to come to a consensus to agree to disagree that's beautiful an agreement was still made and you know how you guys want to handle situations like that moving forward i think that's great so i think that you I'll say you better than me if you are not knowing when to hold them and when to fold them in regards to what we just talked about. Because what I got from that was some situations require a little bit more conversation. And oh, absolutely. It's not receptive to what you have to say, then it's not your right, it's not your you're not required to make them understand you. You're only required to advocate for yourself, your own feelings, your own personal self-care in the situation. But as long as you have done your best, you don't gotta address it right then. You can you can fold it until later, come back to it if it's worth it, or 
hit it with a, a know when to hold them and know when to fold them and just kind of wash your hands of the situations. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm a Scorpio. I'll be real quick to want to just be like, ah, this is it. But, no, I hit you with the, this is when we implement the, the DJ Jubilee plan. Sometimes you got to stop and pause. Mm-hmm. That's stop. it. You got to stop and you got to pause and then come back to it because, you know, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you need a moment to step back so you can articulate yourself better and not end up calling somebody mama bald headed hoe in the midst of the situation, so be it. But it doesn't, things do not have to be addressed in the moment in order for effective communication to happen. Now, in the same breath, that don't mean come back and tell me something that I did when I had a perm. And I'm like, girl, now I don't remember this. So take some liberties with that. But like, it doesn't have to happen the same day, the same hour to address the situation in order for it to be effectively resolved. Hmm. Hit them with the jubilee. Okay, I I received that. Kristen, you have a, a you better than me. I feel like you've been in your psychology bag too, because that's yeah. so. I've I've and very much so appreciated this conversation, being able to to listen to you both impart wisdom on me. Because, yeah, the attorney in me is not. Sometimes I I see life a little too black and white, and have to peel back some layers for myself. So I have appreciated listening to both of you all and your perspectives. But you got a you better than me moment. Do you have one? Do I have a you better than me moment? Let's see. Um, I don't know if I have one, but here's the thing. You better than me if you don't uh, take a look at your village and put them in place to assist you with things that you may need assistance with. And I'm saying that because, Lauren, I appreciate you coming on here today. Um, you said a lot of things. I piggyback off some of the things that um, that you were speaking about. And I think one thing that we forget about is collaboration. And I think tonight was true mm-hmm. collaboration. And I think that, you know, we all were able to find something in this conversation. And I hope that our listeners were as well. Um, this whole season, we've been speaking about affirming yourselves and just, you know, being a better person and just trying to work through some things. And I feel like you came on here and you actually reiterated that with us. And I think a lot of people don't reach out to the people that are in their circle or in their tribe for things like this. And I'm happy mm-hmm. to have this today. So thank you. You're yes. welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I was like, oh, what am I, I don't have anything to say. But I'm glad I had my uh, Andre 3000 moment because the South got something to say. So here it is so much for having me and letting me uh, impart the wisdom of my grandmother. That's a lot of where I pulled this from because she was so sage and wise for a woman who only went to third grade. And the things that she gave us um, definitely resonate with me today. So I'm glad that I could share that foundation from my mother and my grandmother to y'all. Thank you. I love it. Now, Lauren, where's... Sorry. Oh no! Oh, oh, don't. What's your grandmother's name? Ada B. Shout out, Miss Ada B. Yes, Ada B. Yes. I was gonna sure. say, Lauren, can you tell the people where they can find you, where you're licensed at, where they can see what you got going on, and all these great things? Plug your business, child. Oh, thank you. Shout <laughs> out. So you better than me if you don't realize that you need therapy, girl. Like, mm-hmm. let's get rid of this generational trauma. Uh, a great thing a, a close friend of mine told me a long time ago, she said, give yourself permission to take off that cape and hang it up. So you do not have to be the strong one all the time. So I am here. I am licensed in the state of Texas. So regardless of where you are, holler at your girl. You can find me on Psychology Today at just Lauren Parish LPC. And all of my information is there. And I also see clients on BetterHelp and Talkspace as well. Yes, I appreciate you so much and just being able to humanize you and let the people know that somebody with all this knowledge is not have to be scary. Therapy ain't got to be scary. It's real people that that are, are truly passionate about 
helping. So I'm glad that if anybody may have had any apprehensions about a therapist and then a black a woman, a black woman therapist, like God. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm black. I'm from the South. Which you all from? Louisiana bred, Texas fed. I'm in here. Yeah, I love it. So I truly appreciate this conversation and just everything. I'm in my feels. I, I'm happy that we had this conversation and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to us finishing off this season with a bang. I feel like this was uh, necessary and yeah, rock, keep, keep rocking with your girls. Thank you, ladies. Yes, thank you guys for listening today and uh, be sure to check us out for the next episode of You Better Than You Podcast. Thank you. Bye. You Better Than Me is a podcast on Pyromedia Network, produced by Pyromedia Productions. Pyromedia Network and Pyromedia Productions are subsidiaries of Pyromedia Enterprises. For more information, please visit www.pyromedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next.